Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So yesterday, we were kind of in a fun mood, and we got into some of the stuff related to Georgia being ranked number one in the college football playoff selection committee, but I want to kind of get into a little bit more of that here today. In particular, I want to look at a couple of things that were said during the ESPN broadcast on what is it, Tuesday night? Yeah, oh, boy, these days just kind of run together this time of year. But Tuesday night there on ESPN television. And a lot of you know the drill, that ultimately the only rating that really matters is the one at the end. And pretty much everything that happens in the weeks leading up to that is kind of a made-for-television deal, that ESPN pays something close to a gajillion dollars to broadcast these games. And as a trade-off, they've asked the committee to give them a little extra programming. And so the week-to-week announcement of the College Football Playoff Top 25 is the made-for-TV programming that the committee has given ESPN to make their television investment more valuable. It's not really important, but it is kind of fun. And I have to say that I think in those terms there as well, that even though Georgia being ranked number one right now is insignificant, the team is rated below, Georgia also insignificant, the The most important stories of this college football season are still yet to be told, and that will largely determine who the top four are and who gets excluded from that. I still enjoy all of this because I think we said this on yesterday's show. The college football is ultimately a sport that we demonstrate our love for by how we debate it. You know, who ain't played nobody and who's good and, and, and which conference is soft and you know, the debate has always defined college football. It used to be more so than it is now because it used to be we didn't really have a college football playoff. The entire discussion of who won the national championship was a beauty contest. But even now in this college football playoff era in which we live, there is still plenty of room for debate. And while I like the idea of deciding it on the field, and the more you can decide it on the field, the better it is, I still enjoy the fact that as college football fans, whether it's in person at tailgates or online and you know, various internet communities, including the comment section of shows like this. I like the fact that we get to debate about the sport because as college football fans, that is our love language in a lot of ways. That is the way we show our love for the sport and how we debate it, how we argue about it, how we go back and forth with rivals or whatever else. That's just kind of the way this goes. And so some of the stuff that gets said on an ESPN broadcast is going to be a little bit interesting. I think it gives you kind of a window in both how the rest of the country views those that are chasing this national championship alongside UGA and also a little bit of a window into how Georgia is viewed at the moment too and we were doing the video thing we do our first and 15 at dognation.com on the dog nation app before our show starts here at 10 a.m live somebody was referencing something that Kirk Herbstreet said about Georgia on the ESPN telecast on Tuesday when the first college football playoff rankings were announced and there was some certainly high level of praise but also kind of an interesting almost backhanded compliment if you know what I mean the kind of thing that sounds good but until you really think about it and you're like wait was that a good thing about Georgia it's certainly interesting from Kirk Herbstreet and I think it sets us up for a pretty interesting conversation today this is Herbstreet upon seeing Georgia no one expected anything otherwise but upon seeing Georgia rank number one this is what Herbstreet had to say well, through eight weeks, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's a pretty big gap right now. Uh, the defense alone. I mean, they're, they're Stetson Bennett, he's just trying to hold on to the reins there and not lose the game on that side of the ball. I think Todd Monken's doing a great job with the offense, playing complimentary football. But, yeah, for now, it doesn't mean they can't lose, but for now, without a doubt, there's Georgia right now and there's everybody else. So 
So everybody knows that obviously Georgia can lose. There's as to use a double negative and to reference what smart or what what Serpent just said. Uh, no one would say that Georgia can't lose. That that obviously a, a loss, the potential for that still exists for UGA. No one can deny that. But it's interesting to hear Herb Street say that right now the, there's Georgia, there's everybody else. The gap between UGA and the rest of the country isn't particularly close. But it's the reasons why Herb Street says that that I find pretty interesting. He says obviously it's the defense. Just the defense alone is enough to make Georgia the number one team in the country. And then he referenced the offensive part of this. He says on the one hand you've got Todd Munkin as an offensive coordinator who's playing, as he says, complementary football, getting the most of the passing game and the running game, and obviously creating an offense that works with the defense. But he says maybe right now Stetson Bennett's just kind of holding on to that job, doing the best that he can there, and that's the part where it kind of feels like maybe a little bit of a backhanded compliment. Now. I'm not going to get too much in this particular portion of the show into the to the comparison between Bennett and Daniels. At this point, that's been done a pretty good bit. But let me at least bring some new statistics into this conversation that if you're trying to get the picture of what Georgia is right now, let me give you some new information that maybe gives you a little bit deeper picture of what's going on with the Bulldogs, maybe a little bit deeper than you would have imagined. Because the phrase that Herb Street used in the clip that you just heard there, complimentary football, I find to be pretty interesting. And when you look at Georgia in comparison to the other teams that are also right now potentially national championship contenders, you see a complementary nature for UGA that's really only rivaled by one other team in the country. Let me define some terms here for a moment. Let's use the ESPN Football Power Index. That's like one of those analytics-type deals. And I've told you this before, and I'll tell you this again. Do I fully understand how they tabulate these numbers? I don't. And do I think that you should treat anything like this as the gospel, treat anything like this as the end-all, be-all, the conversation stopper when it comes to a debate about college football? I don't. I don't. Uh, You can care about this. You can refuse to care about this. And frankly, I think you have the right to do that on either side of this. Some people love the advanced stats in baseball. Some people don't. Some people love the advanced stats in college football. Some people don't. I think you're free to feel about this however you want to. But for the sake of conversation, can we at least use this for a moment? Because in the ESPN, what they call FPI, which stands for Football Power Index, they rate offensive and defensive efficiency. Now, once again, I'm not smart enough to tell you exactly how that's tabulated, but I do know what efficiency means. It means strength on a per-play basis. When your offense runs... How well does it run on a per-play basis? When your defense is out there trying to stop someone, how well does it do that on a per-play basis? And what you see is is that Georgia really is more complementary than any other team in the country, and there's really only one other team that comes close. So let's talk for a little bit here about offensive and defensive efficiency. Georgia right now, the number one team in the college football playoff top 25, has the number one defense in the country from an efficiency standpoint, according to ESPN's FPI. You're not surprised to hear that. But you might be surprised to hear this. Do you know what Georgia ranks offensively? According to ESPN FPI, Georgia's fourth. Fourth in offensive efficiency for the season. There is only one other team of the top nine, and the top nine right now are the teams that are competing for a national championship at least theoretically. There's only one other team in the top nine that has a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. And you probably already know who it is. It is Alabama with the number two offense, the number five defense. So that's kind of where things shake out. Georgia's just slightly better there in that regard, 
but Alabama knocking on its heels, number two offense, number five defense. Let me give you a, a few comparisons here for a moment to give you an idea of just how truly complimentary Georgia has been and how much better the supposed weak link for Georgia has been its offense in comparison to the other units for the other teams. The number three team in the uh, top 25 this past Tuesday night was Michigan State. Michigan State offensively just 14th nationally. Defensively just 12th according to the ESPN FPI. The number four team in the country was Oregon. Offensively they're just 15th. Defense they're just 38th. So that's two teams that aren't in the top 10 in either category. Go to Ohio State here for a moment. Here's where you see a really good team that's not particularly complimentary. Number one offense, that's not a huge surprise, but the Buckeyes just 41st nationally in defensive efficiency, according to ESPN's FPI. Uh, Cincinnati, who seems to have a lot of uh, you know lovers in the national media right now, they are seventh defensively. They're in the top 10 there, but just 23rd offensively, despite the presence of Desmond Ritter there at quarterback. Michigan, um, seventh in the college ball playoff rankings this past week. Top 10 offense, they're ninth defensively, though they're just 17th. Once again, failing to produce top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Oklahoma, no surprise here. Uh, they are eighth, top six offense, but just 62nd defensively. Finally, Wake Forest, once again, an example of the lack of complimentary football that defines a lot of these top nine teams. They are fifth offensively. You've seen them scoring against everyone, but just 73rd defensively. So once again, it stands out to me in a pretty significant way that only Georgia and Alabama are producing the top 10 offense and defense from an efficiency standpoint and basically every other team in the top nine has one side of the ball that's much much lower than the other and by the way in the case of Georgia and Alabama they're also top five there as well and you may come back again and say yeah but BA I don't care about those advanced stats all that nerd stuff doesn't mean anything to me so let me give you something that kind of drills this down a little bit more in kind of the common language the old school stats here for a moment once again I think this kind of stuff is also pretty surprising there as well so how is it that Georgia gets the number four offense nationally from a uh from a efficiency standpoint from ESPN FBI well you look at their points per game Georgia's third in the SEC right now in points per game at more than seven uh, 37 points per game Georgia's third in the SEC as well in yards gained per play offensively. Believe it or not, Georgia's gained more yards per play this season than Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss has. How much have you heard about Lane Kiffin? How much have you heard about Matt Corral? How much have you heard about this explosive Rebels offense? Yet on a per-play basis, they are slightly less uh, successful per play than what Georgia has been offensively. You haven't heard that. You don't really think about that. But statistically, it is true. So when you think about the picture of Georgia in comparison to the rest of the college football contenders, college football playoff contenders, what you should see is obviously the best defense in the country. But if you really ask yourself the question, why is Georgia number one and unquestioned, as Kirk Herbstreit said there a moment ago, the gap between Georgia and the rest of the other would-be contenders is wide right now? The defense alone is not enough to get you there. The fact of the matter is, Georgia has been better offensively than most of these other teams are, and certainly in the combination of the offense and defense, only Alabama can rival what UGA has been able to do. Now, speaking of the Crimson Tide, let me slightly shift gears and talk about something else for a moment related to how I think Georgia views its championship pursuit so different than teams that I think could win it. You know, Ohio State, I think, could win it. Oklahoma, if the chips fall, fell right, they might could win it. Oregon might could win it. Uh, Big Ten teams like Michigan, I think Michigan's still a part of this conversation. There are teams out there that might could win the national championship. And I get the impression that those teams, other than Georgia, have a completely different view of what their path to a national championship might be. Georgia seems to see this quite different. 
Here's the thing that I think Georgia knows that the rest of college football wants to try to pretend isn't true. Georgia knows one way or another its path towards a national championship goes through Alabama. And by the way, there is also, I think, the belief of some Georgia fans that it goes through Alabama. It may circle around this way and come back through Alabama again before it's all said and done. The possibility exists, I believe, in the mind of Georgia fans, they may have to beat the Crimson Tide twice to win this national championship. And boy, you get the impression that there are a lot of teams out there, whether it be the Big Ten teams or ACC or Big 12 or Pac-12 or you know, little old Cincinnati, there are a lot of teams out there that are hoping that the committee will do something that on the field they themselves might not be able to do. They are hoping the committee might eliminate Alabama from the college football playoff conversation. Therefore, these other teams aren't left with the responsibility of eliminating Alabama on the field. And those teams know that eliminating the Crimson Tide on the field is just no easy feat whatsoever. Let me give you an example of this. I just played you Kirk Herbstreit from the TV show on ESPN the other night talking about Georgia, why they were an unquestioned number one. But then shortly after that, Alabama was listed as the number two team. We talked about this on SEC Country Live yesterday. That decision by the committee to rank Alabama number two ahead of unbeatens like Michigan State, or if you want to bring Cincinnati into the conversation, that was met with some controversy. And in fact, to kind of bolster just how controversial it was, let me let you hear Reese Davis, Joey Galloway. Uh, I think there's a little bit of Greg McElroy here. This is about 60 seconds worth of the reaction when Alabama was ranked number two by the committee on Tuesday night. Gives you an idea of, of the vibe around the Crimson Tide right now. And I'm going to explain to you after this why this relates to Georgia. Here's ESPN once again. <laughs> Alabama. Wow. Reese, that's the first time I've seen you react. <laughs> that's just the first time I've seen you react to something. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little shocked by it, just to be honest. Now, they've got a lot of wins over teams with winning records. Solid win over Ole Miss. And what turns out to be a pretty good win against, against Mississippi State yeah. as well. The thing is, for everybody who's going to get all up in arms about this, as you look ahead, this is going to take care of itself. Alabama will either lose and not get to the SEC championship game to play Georgia, or they'll get there and lose, exactly. or they'll win out and they'll be in. Reese, but, but having them at it number does. two, it, though, having them at number two, if they win out, that still opens the door to the possibility of them not falling outside of the top four with a close loss to Georgia. Uh, it no, opens no, the door. No way. So two losses, it won't happen. Are you nope. not surprised? No. Nope. I mean, let's everybody else. Nope. Yes, I'm surprised. Okay, so because we're talking about an Alabama team, which I have a ton of respect for, and we talked about this earlier, they've shown cracks, and they've shown cracks twice. What? Texas A&M, second half of Florida, they've shown cracks that surprise. So Joey Galloway is not always my favorite ESPN analyst, just to completely, be completely honest with you, but I think what he says there a moment ago is 100% true that by Alabama being ranked second on Tuesday, I think the chances now go up. They could remain in the top four, even if they lose the SEC championship to Georgia. Now, it's also fair to point out that Alabama hasn't clinched the SEC West yet, and they still might not. But if we assume that they do, then I think Galloway is right to say that by being number two right now, the chances go up of Alabama also remaining in the top four, even if they take a close loss to Georgia at the end of the season. And to the degree to which that guys like McElroy and, and, and Reese Davis were disagreeing with Galloway on that, I think they may end up being proven wrong on that. But however, here's the other thing, and I think that Georgia fully knows this, I think Georgia fans themselves fully know this, is that 
who has the more convincing case to be ranked ahead of Alabama right now? I mean, think about it. If, if you're Georgia, you know for a fact that the toughest team to beat is still Alabama. And those efficiency numbers I gave you a moment ago tell the story. Yes, Alabama lost Texas A&M, and that's not the easiest thing to explain, but they're still second in offensive efficiency. And they're still fifth in defensive efficiency. We might not quite know how those numbers get tabulated, but we can watch with our eyes and know that, yeah, Alabama really is probably that good. Not unbeatable, but the hardest team for Georgia to beat the rest of the way. And, you know, all the whining, and you don't have to look very far to find it, whining from Big Ten fans, whining from ACC fans, whining from Big 12, Pac-12 fans, whining from those national media members that want to see the group of five teams Cincinnati get their chance. They're all whining about that, but ultimately they can't truly make the case that any team is out there truly better than Alabama. Don't give me more deserving because they have a prettier record when those teams that you're talking about with the prettier record, they don't have to go to College Station to win that game. They don't have to run the gauntlet of Auburn, Ole Miss, and even now Mississippi State and, and the rest of the SEC. They don't have to do that. They don't have to go head-to-head with uh with Georgia on all of that. But the whining continues. But you won't hear any of that whining from Georgia. Georgia's made its peace with this a long time ago. This is why the SEC wants a 12-team playoff, not an 18-team playoff, by the way. Because they know that as long as this remains the, the, the number one league in college football, the toughest measuring stick for the national championship is always going to be another SEC team. Uh, Alabama's toughest game will be Georgia. Georgia's toughest game will be Alabama. And as Joey Galloway alluded to, for Georgia, it's still on the table. The dogs might have to beat the Crimson Tide twice. But for the most part, I think the dogs have made peace with all of that. They are number one right now, as Kirk Herbstreit says. The gap and between Georgia and the rest of the country is wide. But the team that comes the closest to nipping at UGA Seals is still Alabama. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Good to have you with us. No matter how you get to us today, we're presented by Merriweather and Tharp. And glad to have you with us starting at 945 for our first in 15 on the DogNation.com homepage and the Dog Nation app. Of course, uh, all the other video platforms after that starting at 10 a.m. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We're on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and we are available as a podcast wherever you find them, including we post the show with every day at the world famous dog nation.com or on the Apple player. We're on Spotify. We're on the Google player for the Android folks out there and all kinds of other podcast platforms there as well. We just try to make dog nation daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp as easy to find for all of you as we possibly can. And so many of you have come to us. You've been with us for years. or You've just found us here recently. Either way, it's nice to know that, that you're out there. Nice to know we're able to deliver content for you in as many different ways as we possibly can in the hope that you're able to find that. So certainly appreciate all all of that here today and we would not be able to do it the way we do it if it wasn't for our great sponsors including our friends at Meriwether and Tharp and I love telling Meriwether and Tharp story because I truly believe they got a heart for people and they are certainly very generous in stepping up to the plate in one of the most challenging circumstances people in our audience can go through we hear from people in our audience all the time about the good times they're having the bad times they're having and you know listen life is just filled with both and Sometimes a lot of the folks that we hear from are going to go through one of the most challenging things you can go through, which is the divorce. It's a scary and confusing thing. It's a huge change, but in some cases, it's also a necessary change there as well. It sets you up for more happiness later on if you can make the tough decision and go through the tough process here right now. But that tough process made easier by our friends at Meriwether and Tharp because you're going to be armed with more information. You're going to have specific actionable intelligence about how the law works for you and how you can make your situation work to set you up for a happier tomorrow. That's what Meriwether and Tharp can provide for you. They're your source for Georgia divorce. They've done this thousands of times before. And over the course of that that time, not only have they gained knowledge, but as I said before, they've also gained 
kind of an emotional IQ about all this. They understand the the feeling of being on the other side of this. And they want to be there for you. They don't want you to feel like you're going through this alone. With Meriwether and Tharp, you never will be. They're your source for Georgia divorce. They've got a ton of free resources. You can check them out online, theatlantadivorceteam.com. That'll get you in touch with Meriwether and Tharp. All right, uh, Terrence Edwards coming up here in a moment. We'll talk to Terrence about everything happening around uh, UGA and his former coach, Mark Richt, who, by the way, in a very cool fashion, is going to be honored coming up on uh, Saturday. So we'll do a lot of that with Terrence Edwards here coming up in just a little bit. Before that, though, let's get ready to go around the doghouse here presented today by our friends at ServePro. And I want to do this kind of quick because I want to get to Terrence, but there's some recruiting news out there that we need to make sure we hit today and we'll end up talking more to Jeff Sintel about this tomorrow. First of all, we now have decision date and time coming up for the four-star wide receiver Andre Green Jr. Green putting this out on uh, social media here this week. That he's going to do it Wednesday, November 17th. So that's what is that, two weeks from right now? He's getting close to making his decision. He says he's going to do that on CBS Sports, and he's got the three hats there the Tar Heel, the Georgia right there in the center, and the Clemson hat there, too. So obviously, Georgia missed out on five star Luther Burden not too long ago. Green Jr. becomes another name to know. Folks still think about Kojo Antwi possibly flipping back from Ohio State, the in state product uh, Antwi is. But Green's been a guy that we've talked about here a pretty good bit. And we are now two weeks away from decision day for Andre Green Jr. So when Jeff Sintel joins us tomorrow, we'll kind of find out from Jeff how in it he thinks Georgia is for Green Jr. And if the struggles that Clemson's had on the field, the fact that uh, North Carolina is nowhere near as good as I think a lot of folks thought they could be during the preseason, if that's helped Georgia at all in the race to secure a good-looking four-star uh, wide receiver, top 100 player in the country, uh, that'll be good stuff with Jeff Sintel tomorrow. There's also a really funny exchange. Obviously, one of the names that Georgia fans are feeling pretty good about as of late. It seems like UGA's been trending in the right direction with Christian Miller. You know him as the you know, big-time guy to the Cedar Grove program here in the Atlanta area. And for a while, you kind of wondered, well, is Georgia in good shape with Christian Miller? You know, it seemed like he you know, took a big, high-profile visit to Ohio State, and he'd kind of been involved there. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, it, it sort of seemed like, you know, the, the commitment of Mikhail Williams, who obviously Miller's good friends with, and some of the other UGA recruiting momentum, I think made a lot of Georgia fans feel better about the pursuit of Miller there as well. But, you know, listen, these guys like to be active on social media, and so – Ohio State put out a tweet the other day, kind of just, I guess, celebrating uh, their win against Penn State. And Miller kind of gave you what, like the hard eyes emoji. He's just clearly enjoying what he sees, uh, you know, from Ohio State there. At least he's letting on like he does. And then Mikhail Williams, the UJ commit, a good friend of Christian Miller, thought this was funny on social media. He responds back to this on Twitter saying, stop playing with these people's emotions. And Miller kind of went back with him there a little bit. So Williams and Miller truly are friends. You know, sometimes the whole idea of like the package deal and recruiting ends up kind of fizzling out, turns out not to be very much. In the case of Miller and Williams, they truly are good friends. Now, I guess there's also some recent chatter as of late about potential involvement for Alabama and Christian Miller's recruitment. That's another thing for us to talk to Jeff Sintel about tomorrow when he joins us here on Dog Nation Daily. But for now, kind of interesting to see Miller out there, Williams recruiting hard for UGA, decision date for Andre Green Jr., also some visits falling in place for tomorrow's or Saturday's game against Missouri. So a lot to cover on the recruiting front when Jeff Sintel joins us tomorrow. We'll look forward to doing that there for them. But for now, it's Around the Doghouse. It's presented today by ServPro. And we talked to a lot of homeowners here on this show. A lot of our audience, you know, you cherish your home because it's the most valuable investment. But it's also an emotional thing, too. You love your home. And 
when you see your home damaged, that can be a, a scary and confusing thing. That can be the kind of thing that leaves you wondering, wait, uh, how, how are we going to fix all this? Because when you see all that uh, damage, especially when it's caused by fire and a lot of times water intrusion, that can be the kind of thing that's just really hard to put back together. But that's where my friends at ServPro step in. You know, ServPro, uh, the restoration specialists, they are able to repair your fire damage, your water damage. They're the kinds of damage that, that creates a similar kind of dilemma for you. They're able to repair that like it never happened. They clean it up. They get, they get it fixed back. They get everything the way it was before, and you literally can't even tell that it happened. They, they, they literally fix it all like it never happened. And each uh, uh, ServPro uh, franchise is independently owned and operated. That means when you do business with ServPro, you're also doing business with a company that understands what family-oriented, local-oriented service is all about. Folks that care about your experience. They care about making their business as successful as it possibly be. That's what, that's what happens when you work with an independently owned and operated franchise. And that's what ServPro provides. They're restoration specialists getting you cleaned up, getting things fixed back up so that you can't even tell that it ever happened. It's like it never happened with our friends at ServPro. So make sure you check them out today online, ServPro.com. That's the website, S-E-R-V servepro.com uh you can get in touch with them there today for any of your fire cleanup water cleanup or any of the kind of damage you've had done to your home servepro is there for you on all of that all right we are here for you today on dog nation daily there as well busy show for us before we're done we'll make our picks for the top games of the weekend a lot of this involving sec play kind of an interesting subplot as hugh freeze goes back to oxford against Ole miss Big showdown between uh, Auburn and Texas A&M and a lot more. We'll do that then. Also an interesting exchange between Kirby Smart and kind of an unlikely subject here this week. We'll talk about that and a whole bunch more fallout from Dan Mullen and recruiting gate there as well. So we'll do a lot of that before we're done. But for now, on everything related to the Georgia Bulldogs and what's going to happen on Saturday against Missouri, both on and off the field, Let's talk to the former dog, the great former wide receiver, Terrence Edwards. He joins us here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, and glad to have all of you with us as well. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Great to have Terrence Edwards here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Always uh, happy to have him. And uh, Terrence, hope you're well. And uh, if you don't mind, let me just ask you this before we kind of dive into it. It's obviously been a big week around the Atlanta area here with the Braves winning the World Series. Are you a big baseball fan? Have you enjoyed seeing the Braves win the World Series? And uh, how much fun has that been for you? Oh, it's been uh, – most definitely it's been fun. been a Braves fan since uh, we went from worst to first back in the day. Kind That's of right. was raised in it. My grandmother and all her friends, grandfather, watched the Braves every chance they got. So I was kind of indoctrinated in it as a young age. Yeah, that's the thing about, you know, baseball in general, but certainly for Braves fans is the way that – and I think about the same thing being a kid myself where it's just kind of always on. When you're watching the games on WTBS or whatever radio station they were on at the time, it's like you're driving in the car or you're, you know, hanging out with grandparents, whatever else. That Braves game just kind of always on. It kind of becomes the soundtrack of your summer when you're growing up, right? Oh, most definitely. Uh, I always tell the story that there's three older ladies on my grandmother. Uh, street and they all sat on their own porch and you just could hear the Braves game coming from all three houses so everyone in the neighborhood kind of knew what was going on with the Braves back when I was a kid so like I said it was it was always on uh I can remember like I said they went from worst to first that's kind of my uh, introduction to becoming a Braves fan. I think that's great, Terrence. I'm, I appreciate you telling us that story. So, Georgia obviously got a big win against Florida on Saturday, 34-7, to number one in the country in the college football playoff rankings that came out on Tuesday. There was a lot that's right with Georgia right now, but on social media over the course of the last few days, you've also expressed some opinions about 
some things that you'd like to see uh, done differently. It sounds like you're ready to see a little bit more of JT Daniels there at the quarterback position. What did you make of what you saw from Georgia offensively on Saturday? And what would you like to see more of as the season now moves towards a stretch run? I would like to see JT get an opportunity to play. Uh, I think Stetson have done a, done a, a marvelous job. You know, his, his feet brings a different element to the game. Uh, but I would also like to see if JT's healthy. And uh, if he's healthy, I would like to see what he's able to do in this offense. Uh, if he's not, I'm happy to have a backup like Stetson Bennett. And obviously you talked before about the challenge that comes when you've got multiple quarterbacks that either could play or are playing, and that can be an issue for a team. But even if you're not 100% happy with how the results worked out for offensive for Georgia on Saturday, the impression that I get, Terrence, is, and obviously you know the situation you know closer and better than I do, but the impression that I get is – is that everyone's still kind of singing from the same hymnal on this right now, that, that it doesn't seem like whatever's happening between Daniels and, and Bennett, at least publicly, is dividing this team whatsoever. It seems like, as Kirby Smart has said, the players themselves right now are comfortable with whoever is playing quarterback. Is, is that your sense of this as well? I think so. I think so. And I, and I love what Nolan did the other day when he came to the back end of Stetson Bennett. That's a teammate. That's the guy that's going to help you win games. If it's JT Daines, the guys have to have whoever back that Kirby puts in the game. They don't have any control of who starts. It seems like the two quarterbacks get along very well. And uh doesn't seem there's, been, there's any turmoil in that locker room of who's playing quarterback. So that's a great thing. I, I, I contribute that to the leaders in that locker room, and I contribute to the coaching staff as well. And, you know, the other thing that Nolan kind of brought up was the phrase that he used that's kind of stuck with my mind ever since is the idea of being a blue-collar team and, and Stetson Bennett being a blue-collar guy. And obviously JT Daniels is kind of trying to take on a blue-collar mentality as well with him, the way that he's working back from injury. That's not an easy thing to do when you've not been able to throw without pain and to kind of go out there and shake that injury off and, and, and do the treatment and get the rest that you need to be healthy and now come back on the practice field that – a lot of five stars, a lot of guys who may be millionaires one day and they may have kind of a white-collar bank account when they get into the NFL. But for now, they're going to take on that blue-collar mindset of Georgia and every one of those would-be superstars kind of takes on that, I guess, complementary role here on this Georgia roster. Doesn't seem like that's a very easy thing to conjure up, but Terrence, if you can find that blue-collar mentality, if that can be pervasive across the entire team, then you've got something pretty valuable, don't you? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. When you have 85 to 120 guys with the same common goal, uh, that's a, a contribute to the, the leadership, like I said, and the coaching staff. Those guys come to work every day. Uh, we haven't been in this predicament to be ranked number one in the middle of the season in a long time. And I think these guys have done a great job of keeping the noise out, coming to work. Uh, I always hear uh, Coach Smart talk about how these guys are in meetings and on the practices, times that we don't see them. And that's the time when you're preparing yourself to play on Saturday. And, you know, I think the fans and everyone else don't really understand what goes on behind the scenes to prepare and play like they're playing. And they're doing a good job of preparing these players, and the players are doing a good job of receiving the information that the coaches is giving them and bring it to the practice field, to the game field on Saturday. Yeah, so with that in mind, let's I guess transition to that because you know Kirby Smart's obviously made it pretty clear, as you would expect him to do, that he wants to see Georgia, you know, avoid that trap of paying too much attention to being number one. And he's talked before about how 
you know, teams that were rated number one to start in the playoff rankings didn't finish there at there at the end. And, you know, you're a former player, you're a coach now, you understand both sides of this. I mean, how would you say that Georgia maintains the edge that's needed to go out there and, and, and keep playing the way for the final game that they have played for the uh, season up to this point? I just think that's the focus and determination that these players have. It's easy to come from the coaches and try to get these players to think and believe, but these players think and believe that they're the number one team in the country. This defense believe. I saw a snippet from the Kobe Dean on Twitter or something. He was really upset that they gave up seven points to to Florida. So when you have that mindset every day, it's easy to come into work and coach these players when the players already have this mindset that they want to dominate. They want to, They love being the number one team, and they got a, a common goal. Is they've already clinched the East, so that's the first goal. Second goal is to win the SEC, and now the third goal is to, to win a national championship. So they're going to continue to uh, push for those goals that they set at the beginning of the season. So I talked also about you know where Georgia was and the fact that when I look at the situation, I still see Alabama as the biggest threat to UGA. Some folks complain they were number two, but frankly, there's no doubt in my mind that if you told me I'd have a free pass right now of avoiding any team on a race towards a national championship, the team that you would pick to avoid is Alabama because they are the hardest to beat. And you got, you know, some of these other conferences whining that they are still part of this college ball playoff conversation because they've lost a game. But the truth is, is the, the proof is in the pudding here. Every team in the country would feel the same way that if you could avoid Alabama, you would clearly want to. Georgia's known for a while that it's not going to be able to. And to me, the door is still possibly open that Georgia still has to beat them twice. I mean, what do you think about that looming Alabama showdown? That's not a obviously Alabama hasn't clinched the SEC West yet, and depending on how Auburn plays, that could uh, you know a monkey wrench could be thrown into that conversation. But for now, there's no doubt that the playoff ranking served as a reminder on Tuesday that uh, that Georgia you know is still looking at Alabama. I think is its stiffest potential challenger on its way to a national championship. Oh, I think so. Uh, but I think Auburn's going to have a lot to say. I think Auburn's playing a whole lot better after we beat them a couple weeks ago. So I think it's going to be a tough game for Alabama. But I think Alabama will ultimately win the West, and we will face them in the SEC championship game. And I think if we uh, win, we win that game. I think that would knock Alabama out. So I don't think we have to face them again. But the road will still have to go through Alabama. I think the Georgia team, they would. They play who they want to play. They play who's going to play. But I, I would love to see Alabama, Georgia in the SEC championship game. Terrence, let me finish with this if you don't mind. Uh, we are obviously looking forward to Saturday, and one of the cool things that's going to happen on Saturday is that former Georgia coach Mark Rick's going to be honored there at the game. Kirby Smart had some words about uh, Coach Rick the other day. I thought those were really nice, and you obviously know Coach Rick so well. You had a chance to play for him, and. What does it mean to you to look back on your time with Coach Rick? Of course, you had some time with Coach Don in there too. But what does it mean to you to to look back on your time with Mark Rick? And you know, what was it like to to be around him as a coach? And I'm sure you're as happy as the rest of us are to see him. You know, kind of get some some attention there coming up on Saturday. Man, I love this. I wish I could be there to walk on that field again with him, as I tweeted earlier. Uh, I played for two great coaches, two great men that today I still could call and text and have a conversation with them, with Coach Dunning and Coach Rick. Um, just a great man. Uh, whatever everyone say about him as a coach, uh, have a conversation with him. You know, the, the article that came out with him and what he did for Trey, Trey Battle, I mean, I tweeted this. 
the fans may not agree with this, but as a former player, that is worth 12 national championships of what he did for Trey. Hmm. Being able to accept this call and help Trey get over some uh, some dark times in his life, that's what coaching is about. Yes, we want to win national championships. That is the ultimate goal. But he's won 100 championships of life. And that's one thing I'm always going to remember about him as the great man that he is. Uh, and I just wish the playoff was around when we played. He would definitely played in a few of those college playoffs if it was around when we played. So uh, I, I was standing and giving him a standing ovation before the game because that man changed my life and changed my family life. Terrence, I think that's so well said and uh, just beautiful words all the way around. And I agree with everything that you said there. And, of course, you understand the value of making impacts on players because you were taught that by Coach Donnan and Coach Rick and others and, of course, over the course of your time as a player. Now you're turning around and doing the same thing, impacting the next generation there on the uh, staff at Pace Academy and, of course, with your own personal uh, coaching there too. And so you make wide receivers better at catching the football. Remind folks how they can get in touch with you and be a part of that, if that's something they themselves would like to do. Oh, I would, If you're looking to become a better receiver, you can find me on all social media, Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, really appreciate your time, and we will uh, look forward to speaking to you soon. Terrence, thanks so much. Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Great stuff from Terrence Edwards. Really appreciate his time on the show today and appreciate his words about Mark Rick. And obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing Coach Rick celebrate. Also, looking forward to this, and I'll mention this really quickly, that it's a busy day at the UGA Bookstore uh, going into the game and throughout the day there on Saturday. Coach Rick going to be there. Uh, former Coach Vince Dooley is also going to be there signing books. Uh, Buck Ballou, Lindsey Scott, they're going to be on hand there as well. So check out UGABookstore.com. You can find out more details about the exact times. And I know that one of the challenges the bookstore had was you know, you had all these you know potential game times because TV held off on announcing that Georgia Missouri game time. So it's a challenge for everybody who's planning the game day events in and around Athens. But the UJ Bookstore has got a big day coming up on Saturday with Coach Dooley, Coach Rick, Buck Ballou, Lindsey Scott, and so it's a great time to stop by and see those former UGA legends. Also, to do some uh, shopping, good-looking UGA apparel, and then see us after the game for the Dog Nation post-game show presented by the UGA Bookstore there. Uh, after the game there too so big day coming up in athens on saturday with that said let's get rid of transition go cruise run the sec courtesy of our friends at royal caribbean boy what a great time to start thinking about a vacation obviously as we head into the holiday season a lot of you love making travel plans for that or looking ahead to the start of the new year that's always kind of a cool way to get a new year started with a really fun vacation and that is also what our friends at royal caribbean can provide for you there as well uh cruises back on the water again ship sailing out of all the uh, ports that uh, Royal Caribbean calls home, including Port Canaveral, short drive from us, and a chance to be a part of a lot of cruise itineraries that include a stop at Perfect Day Coco Cay. That's the private island oasis in the Bahamas that's exclusive for those on a Royal Caribbean ship. This is a really fun getaway. It's the kind of unforgettable vacation that you and everyone that you care about is going to enjoy. So if you're taking a significant other, family, whatever else, there's just really something for everybody at Perfect Day Coco Cay. There's a thrill side tallest water slide in north america helium balloon that goes up 450 feet in the air there's a chill side that has very relaxing like private cabanas and freshwater pool largest in the bahamas so much fun stuff when it comes to all of that so make sure you check out royal caribbean today and if you want the best royal caribbean experience you can possibly get 
one of the best ways to do that is with our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority because we want to recommend someone to you that knows the Royal Caribbean experience. They're experts in all this. It just so happens the owners are a couple of dog alumni, so that's always a good thing too. But it's great to be with people and, and do business with people that understand all of the cool things that are available to you on a Royal Caribbean ship. And that's why we love the Cruise and Vacation Authority website, tcava.com. That's tcava.com. You can also give them a call, 770-952-8300. That's 770-952-8300. You can speak to a friendly voice on the other side today and get that Royal Caribbean cruise booked. Now, cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean right now. Let's dive into a couple of things here for a moment. Obviously, uh, Florida coach Dan Mullen on Wednesday, the only media event he was doing post-debacle Monday. Remember, we played the audio where Mullen was once again grilled about recruiting and he just stumbles all over himself doesn't want to talk about recruiting he says you know it's we'll talk about recruiting during the recruiting time of the year it's the kind of gaffe that like a lot of things in politics the worst gaffe is the thing that you say that's accidentally true and in mullen's case it feels a little close to the truth that there's a recruiting time of the year for him and kind of an on-field time of the year for him the the perception of mullen is he just doesn't embrace recruiting as fully as he should if he wants to be competitive in the sec his mindset about Hey, we'll do some recruiting fits well in a place like Mississippi State where you're only capable of having so many recruiting wins. But at a place like Florida, when you're in one of the most talent-rich, you know, some of the most fertile soil for talent across the country, that attitude just doesn't work quite as well in Gainesville. Now, Mullen says he was taken out of context in all this, even though in kind of a panic fashion, he canceled all media events for his team for the remainder of the week other than the SEC coaches teleconference. But he did appear on the teleconference on Wednesday, I think I have a quote here that I can show you of Dan Mullen, once again, kind of like a politician, trying to walk back the quote from Monday that got him in some trouble. Can we show this? And I'll uh, say this. He starts his press conference appearance on Wednesday by saying, I'd like to touch on something for all the Gator Nation, all our great fans of something that was taken out of context at Monday's press conference. That nasty media took me out of context as it pertains to recruiting. He says, our staff recruits nonstop. We grind at recruiting every day. We're always recruiting and working the best to get the great players to fit the Gator standard and bring them here to our program, blah, 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 blah. So here's the thing. Um, do I think that there were some people that misinterpreted what Mullen said? There's probably a chance that's slightly true. But Mullen kind of going this direction on this, oh, it's taken out of context. We're recruiting nonstop. You know, this is kind of like the Bart Simpson, at least you tried gif, where like <laughs> you bring out the cake and you throw it away. Like, the issue is not, are you trying to recruit nonstop? The issue the Florida fans have, and we said this on SEC Country Live yesterday, this is not just Georgia guy mocking Dan Mullen, although I certainly take every opportunity to do that, I possibly can. This is Florida fans saying, I don't care how you're trying. I want to see the results. Don't tell me about the birth pains. Just show me the baby. Show me what your results are for all this recruiting. And so, and, and, this kind of goes back to the reasons why Matt Baker from Tampa Bay Times or, uh, you know, writer from 24-7 Sports or whatever else. This is why they're pressing Mullen on this of do you feel like your recruiting efforts need to be overall? Do you feel like that your talent situation is putting you in the, the, the vicinity of even being able to be competitive with a team like Georgia? This is why those questions are being 
being asked. And Mullen's refusal to answer is what creates the firestorm. It's not the misinterpretation of Mullen's exact words. It's Mullen's unwillingness to talk about the subject that creates the problem for him. Because really, right, really right now, Dan Mullen doesn't have enough to say about this. Because deep down, Dan Mullen does not like recruiting very much. If he liked it, if he embraced it more, he'd just be better at it. And this is why a lot of Georgia fans hope Dan Mullen stays Florida coach forever. Because as long as your most hated rival has a guy who has kind of an arm's length distance approach to, to what's happening with the recruiting process and he's not embracing it as fully as we've heard Kirby Smart says that he embraced that at UGA, then for a lot of Georgia fans, that is uh, very, very good news. What is not quite as good news, certainly uh, an awful situation all the way around, is what's happening for former Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs with the Oakland Raiders, or I should say the Las Vegas Raiders, involved in a fatality accident here earlier this week just an awful awful set of circumstances where Nick Saban was asked about that and talked about the rug situation and you could tell that it just brought him great pain to even have to discuss all this and man you just hate it you just hate it um just I mean imagine being rugs and you've got the whole world at your disposal you are you know wide receiver in the NFL you're a sensational athlete I mean he's the kind of person that almost everyone would have reason to be envious of and then something like this happens and um, now you don't have any idea what his future is and no matter whether he spends that time in bars or, or behind bars or you know as, as a free man whatever else he'll always have to live with the knowledge that someone's dead because of a car accident that he was involved in somehow some way and I guess more details are going to come out about exactly what was going on but you know high rate of speed uh blood alcohol level twice the legal limit those are the reports that are out there right now and obviously we'll wait for the rest of the facts to to come out to to know exactly what went down here but the early reports do not look good for rugs and you know the idea that rugs life will ever be the same after this you have to assume probably not the case and so i know nick saban's pained greatly by that to see one of his former players and obviously you know, everybody feels the same way here just an awful awful situation and no awkward way to transition away from that but I do want to get back to football with one more story here for our cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean you know Eli Drinkwitz was talking yesterday about the differences between JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett and obviously he's going to say what most coaches are going to say there when it comes to that we heard Terrence Edwards addressing some of this a moment ago there too and Ultimately, whatever George is doing at quarterback between Bennett and Daniels, the one thing I'm fairly confident of is this kind of thing is not being done in a way to keep Drinkwitz guessing. Yes, Daniels and Bennett are different players, and you know Bennett does have the extra dimension when it comes to his ability to run, and there's I don't think any doubt that JT Daniels, the more accomplished passer, they're different enough to be truly different, and Drinkwitz spoke about some of that. But ultimately, I don't think what's going on here is really in any way an attempt to surprise Drinkwitz or next week's coach and Josh Heupel or maybe even Nick Saban if it is truly Alabama that Georgia plays in the SEC championship not quite so sure exactly how this is going to play out but I don't necessarily get the the, the sense all of this is attempted to be some great surprise for the teams that Georgia's playing but it certainly was interesting to hear Terrence Edwards weigh in on that a moment ago and we'll make that your SEC through as we're cruising in the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean of course a lot of you looking to cruise into a weekend there as well and one of the great ways you can do that is with classic city lager at least when you're enjoying yourself in a back porch or a patio or tailgate before the game on Saturday classic city lager goes great with whatever you're doing it's from creature comforts brewing company it's a taste of Athens but you don't have to be in Athens to enjoy it wherever you're doing your shopping you can pick some up six and 12 pack cans uh, it's available all year round. It's a lager-style beer that means lighter in color, 
But that doesn't mean any sacrifice in flavor. It's a craft style lager. So you know you're getting delicious flavor. We've heard so many of you reach out to say, yeah, I've tried it. I enjoy it. I, I love the uh, the craft beer. And in fact, some of you, this may be one of the first craft beers you've tried. That's obviously a, you know, a kind of a hot topic. Uh, you can try some uh, craft beer and some, uh, some Creature Comforts Brewing Company Classic City Lager and truly enjoy all of that today from our friends at Classic City Lager. It's just good cold beer. And don't forget, we have our Classic Moment presented by Classic City Lager. Coming up on the Dog Nation video channels, we head towards the weekend. You heard Terrence Edwards speak about uh, Mark Rick. We're going to do a little bit of a deeper look at Coach Rick as a part of our classic moment here this week from Classic City Logger. Uh, that's going to be a really, really cool thing. Uh, another really cool thing here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp. So yesterday we kind of highlighted some of the ways in which UGA was celebrating the Atlanta Braves World Series win. And there was something that I kind of missed at the time. And I don't know if this happened during the show. If it happened that morning, I just didn't see it. But... Kirby Smart putting out the clarion call to the Braves, including the mascot blooper, to be at Sanford Stadium on Saturday. Smart saying on Twitter, congrats, Braves. There's an open invitation to blooper. That's the Braves mascot. And any other Braves that want to come celebrate between the hedges on Saturday. And there was some chatter in our video comment section a little earlier that maybe Jock Peterson uh, might take this uh, opportunity to come to Athens. I don't quite know about that. But I can tell you that blooper, the Braves mascot, did see Smart's message and says that now Saturday is booked, that Blooper will be there on Saturday. Now, I don't know what Blooper's going to be doing there between the hedges, but uh, it's kind of cool to have the Braves mascot and whoever else kind of joins him there for that. And I guess I was saying this to our video folks a little earlier, that I, I guess this means now that Blooper's kind of arrived as a true mascot, you know, embraced by the the state of Georgia sports community, because for a while there, I wasn't quite so sure about that. I remember when Blooper was first announced, my kids loved him, but maybe some Braves fans were still trying to take some time to kind of get used to Blooper, but I guess Blooper's a thing now. Blooper's going to be honored there at Sanford Stadium on Saturday, the world champion mascot of the world champion Atlanta Braves, so uh, pretty good stuff there. Kind of fun to see Kirby Smart having a good time with all of that. We'll try to have a good time with you right now, too. In fact, we're going to do this pretty quickly today. Let's bounce through our BetUS Best Bets. I'm going to quickly give you my picks for the upcoming games here this weekend around the SEC. There is no top 25 matchup outside the SEC here this weekend, so we'll keep our attention on the SEC. And as a part of our BetUS Best Bets, we'll start with Georgia hosting Missouri. We picked the game. It's a 38-point number there at BetUS. I think Georgia wins easily, but I could also see Georgia winning 37-0, 40-3, something that keeps this game inside the point spread. Uh, I wouldn't probably bet this game. This would be a stay away for me. For me, any big number, high variance game usually is going to be. But for a picks contest like we do on Go With The Flow, I think that Missouri plus the 38 is actually probably the safer play in a game that I don't think is very close, but I don't think Georgia covers that number. Dogs just one in one in two in their last three games in SEC play when favored by 30 or more. You don't get very many instances of that variety. Georgia's one in one under those circumstances here thus far this season. Hugh Freeze and Liberty go to Ole Miss on Saturday. I don't have a strong play on this one either. I do think it's kind of a fun game. Obviously, a lot of folks know Malik Willis, the former Auburn quarterback who's done big things with Hugh Freeze there for the Flames. Ole Miss coming back home after losing to Auburn a week ago. Uh, Ole Miss a little banged up here. Got some receiver injuries. The status of Matt Corral has been a little bit in doubt the last couple of weeks there as well. But ultimately, I probably like them minus the points uh, here. I think they probably find a way to get that done. Uh, Auburn and Texas A&M think it's a fascinating game. Uh, two teams that have really stepped up and played better. In fact, one of the ones we got right last week 
was Bo Nix outplaying Matt Corral, Auburn getting the big home win. Now they go on the road, and even in the early days of the Brian Harson era, it's still the same old Auburn in that they're a much better team in Jordan-Hare Stadium they are when they go outside Jordan-Hare Stadium, although they did get a win at LSU earlier this year for the first time since 1999, back when that game still meant a little bit something. But A&M, very quietly, is starting to kind of round into the form that you thought they would have, at least we thought they would have before the season began. They lost their starting quarterback, and they struggled offensively in a huge way in the immediate aftermath of that. Struggled against Colorado, uh, lost to Arkansas, lost to Mississippi State, but then bounced back, beat Alabama, and really have been playing well ever since then. Zach Calzada seems to be settling in right now as the Aggies quarterback. They've covered three of their last four home games, beat Alabama straight up as a big underdog there too. So suddenly this Kyle Field, which has not always been a great home field advantage, starts to feel a little more like a home field advantage. So you've got the veteran coach who's been established at College Station. You've got the better recent recruiting success. You've got a lot going for you here in this spot. I do like A&M minus the four and a half against Auburn. Quickly, I'll take Arkansas against Mississippi State. This is a little bit of a flyer for me. I've been down on Miss State, but they were ranked the uh, college football playoff top 25. They really hammered Kentucky last week. Not only did they make things tough for Levis, the quarterback for the Wildcats, but also Will Rogers got off in a big way against a pretty salty Kentucky defense. I thought Kentucky had a lot to play for last Saturday, but they just never had a shot there on the road in Starkville a week ago. But I'm also one of those guys that wants to sell high a week early as opposed to sell low a week late. And something tells me Mississippi State's luck might run out against an Arkansas team that through everything it's been through has still played better football than a lot of folks realize. Uh, Competitive, really, for the most part, even in its losses, obviously, other than the uh, Georgia game a few weeks ago. Alabama's hosting LSU. Hard to believe this number once again, a very big number. It was true a year ago. It's true again. 28 and a half here for Alabama against LSU. Brian Robinson says this Alabama team still has the 2019 game on its mind. Uh, LSU is clearly in a lame duck situation with Orgeron. Normally, I'd tell you to stay away from a huge spread like this, more than four touchdowns. I think Alabama covers this number easily. I think they're motivated to do that. Uh, This is actually about as easy as a high variance, high point spread game is ever going to be. I think Crimson Tide rolls on Saturday, no pun intended. Kentucky, Tennessee. We show this as a Kentucky one-point favor. The truth is this line's kind of bounce all over the place. Underdogs have had great success here. Underdogs have uh, won outright the last four times, I think, between uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. So it, this is actually a pretty good game to be the underdog in. Ultimately, this is basically a pick for Kentucky at home. I guess I kind of feel the same way about uh, Tennessee, as I said about Mississippi State a little earlier, at some point in time, you think that luck kind of runs out. I said the same thing about first-year coach Brian Harson. Josh Heupel's been better than I would have expected him to be, and obviously I, I got burned by showing some confidence in Kentucky a week ago, but I'm not going to quite give up on the Wildcats just yet. I'll take them to win the game straight up at home against Tennessee, and depending on where that number falls, uh, either on one side or the other, I think one of these teams is likely to be about a one-point favorite, so I'll take Kentucky there against the Vols. South Carolina, I'll take them plus the points against Florida. I don't love what that Florida mindset is right now. And um, Georgia-Missouri, the over-under is 58.5. Georgia's a rubber stamp under for me right now. Uh, four consecutive games, the dogs have gone under the total. See no reason to believe that Saturday's game won't be the same there on that. Uh, it's our BetUS best bets. Of course, you can find BetUS online at BetUS.com. And when you use the promo code, DN125, you're going to get 125% initial sign-up bonus. That means that you're going to put money in your account, and BetUS actually going to 
going to put more money into your account than you put in there. So BetUS will do for you. They've been around for more than 25 years. They're America's most beloved sports book, and you don't get to be that way unless you're taking good care of your players, and BetUS takes good care of you, including when you sign up for the very first time. So if you put $100 in, they're going to put $125 in on top of that. You'll have $225 in your account. Just to give you kind of a simple mathematical way of understanding how this works, they're giving you 125% sign-up deposit bonus. You can use that. Uh, on your picks here this weekend, your winner before you even start. But you got to use the promo code DN125. The DN stands for Dog Nation. The 125 stands for the 125% sign-up bonus you're going to get. Check them out online today, betus.com, promo code DN125. All right, we will uh, get ready to wrap up here today. We'll do so with our golden shoes. And I tweeted this out the other day, and there's been a little bit of a mystery uh, for some folks with me online, I want to kind of follow up on this here for a moment. So, other night when the Braves were about to win the World Series, I noticed a guy wearing a Georgia T-shirt uh, in the stands there in Houston. So I kind of tweeted it out saying, "Dogs got next." Obviously, looking forward to what might come. Can we show the picture of this here for a moment? This is the guy standing next to a Braves fan, and he's obviously a Braves fan too, but he's got the Georgia T-shirt on. So that led one of our buddies, uh, Arnold Santiago, to reach out to me on Twitter about this uh, guy in the UGA shirt saying. Is that the same guy we also saw in L.A.? Because there was a Georgia fan spot at Dodger Stadium, too. And so another one of our buddies, Bryce Dixon, weighed in on this subject to say, yes, it is the same guy. You see him there again. Now, listen, I'm not trying to dox this dude, but that's pretty cool that you could be at both those big playoff games. I don't know if this is like the UGA version of Marlins Man. Are you familiar with that guy that was always seen in the background of the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball telecast or what? But, um... If y'all know who this guy is, let me know how it is that he's getting all these tickets. That's pretty impressive all the way around. And so we'll make the entire collection of folks there our golden shoe winners for today. And by the way, speaking of the lousy, stinking Gators, 359 days from right now, dogs go back to Jacksonville, get another win again against Florida. And how good is that going to feel? We'll see you tomorrow at Dog Nation Daily, presented by Merriweather and Tharp. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down, where we'll take your comments here on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily in the comment section there at dognation.com we post a show each and every day. A lot of folks having a real good time here. I'll check in with Jim Dog 85 who writes in to say, but the Braves winning the World Series, he says, I'm so excited about this. I feel like they have finally broken the Atlanta sports curse and cleared the way for the dogs to break through and win a national championship. And there is something truly inspiring about what happened with the with the Braves, the way in which they overcame a lot of adversity to get there. And a lot of folks had multiple chances to count them out and then count them out again and they just kept responding each and every time and you know I, I joked about this in yesterday's show that you know I grew up at a time in which Atlanta was kind of cast as losersville in sports this was not the era of the kind of the Atlanta sports curse that some people kind of has, have thought kind of exists where you know something's going to happen to you in a big moment back then in the 80s it was thought that Atlanta wasn't a participant in big moments there's this weird thing that does to you as a child when you love sports and you're kind of glad that you live in a state that has sports professional and big time college. But there's all this also this thought, well, we have sports, but it's like the worst of the sports teams. And if Atlanta's losersville, do I does that make me a loser for living around here? And there's just a weird thing that does to your psyche. So when the Braves first started getting good, it really changed my outlook on life in a lot of ways. And I'm not exaggerating that I mean that. In, in reality, and I think for my son, who's nine, my daughter, who's six, you know, to think that they get a chance to grow up in kind of a sports community that believes that championships are possible, I, I think that's valuable. I, I do. And, you know, I don't know there's any kind of mystical connection between Georgia and, and Atlanta uh, in terms of the dogs on pursuit of a national championship, but I think that Jim Dog's kind of onto something that I think that 
there is a chance that what the Braves did this October into November will cause Georgia fans to relax a little bit, that the other shoe, so to speak, doesn't have to drop, that things can be good, and that for Georgia, just given how good this team is right now, the chances of things being really good are actually pretty good, that that Georgia has a, a lot going for it. We tried to address that during the show today, too, that I know there's some concern about you know what's happening at quarterback, and that leads to questions about the Georgia offense, but you'd be hard-pressed to find much statistical evidence to suggest that somehow Georgia's not getting it done with the component pieces that it's had to its offense thus far this season. Jack mentioning the idea of the Braves going to the White House. I'm going to probably leave that comment alone all the way around. Uh, You guys are always free to say whatever you want to. Uh, Total free speech on our end, but uh, I'm I'm, I'm not going to swing at every pitch. Doc Crazy 76 says, Tenacity, talent, and perseverance won the day for the Braves. Despite the odds of losing a horrid amount of starting players to injury, all of this and winning only 88 games. Yeah, it's amazing. I said before, to me it feels inspiring when you find a way to, to get it done under those circumstances and that situation. I, I think that's that that's really remarkable and, and truly really well, well said there as well. Um, Josh Johansson, is this real? Did uh, Blooper really kind of – we talked about Blooper, the Braves mascot. Did he take a shot at uh, Georgia Tech on Twitter? I think that's pretty funny. William Perry, uh, who we've talked about before, one of our commenters, I guess took a sign to the game last week that said hashtag keep Dan Mullen. That's really funny. Um, enjoy that. That's really good stuff all the way around. Let's see what else. Uh, Derek Green sent me a funny edit. That's kind of cool. What else is in here in the comment section? Uh, Brian Whitehead's excited about the arrival of Blooper and Maybe bringing the World Series trophy with him. I don't know about that. Some people on video had mentioned uh, Jock Peterson there, too. Also, I'm fascinated by this guy that, that goes to the World Series game, that goes to the game in L.A., uh, got the Georgia T-shirt on, wears that every single time. I, I'd love to know more about his story. I don't really want to dox the dude. He may, I mean, he has every right to be private if he wants to. Uh, but I'm a little bit kind of curious about uh, what that was. So uh, he's a lucky man going to all these Braves playoff games and all these other cities. So that's kind of a cool thing, too. I'm sure he's well represented at uh, Truist Park there, too. As I said before, he may be the Braves version of Marlins man, you know, the guy that was always showing up on all those baseball games. So that may be the, the Braves and UGA's version of that. So either way, pretty good stuff. Thanks for being here for our podcast, Cool Down. Y'all find R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com, air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric. They'll show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised, the price that's promised. That is what R.S. Andrews can do for you today. And check them out, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Hope you have a great day, everybody.